Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. And today we have a guest with us, Mike Gallo, who has been with us before. Uh, he is a, a man who has gone through some cancer treatments. Uh, his son has attended the Nicolay Bible Institute and has worked with us in the summer, so he's no stranger to Silver Birch Ranch or the Nicolay Bible Institute. And um, I'm seeing that his hair is growing back, so that's a good thing. Uh, from time to time, we have people on the program that are not necessarily huge in age difference, but some experiences that we want to share to young families and young people that we're going through that might help them prepare for the future, because there is a future uh, that is coming. And one of the things that I, I realized in life is that I'm not really smarter than anybody I'm, I'm just, the kids that I work with, I'm older than they are, and I have more experiences, and that's what I get to share with them. So if you're listening, you've got a couple uh, dads here who have kids that are grown up, and we have some experiences in life, and in my family, we uh, had cancer hit us. My wife had cancer and, and continues to be uh, um, working through that in her life. Mike has cancer, had cancer, and... Uh, I think once you have it, I wonder if you ever actually get rid of it completely or not. Uh, they say you do. They say you don't. It depends who you listen to, I guess. Um, but, Mike, how you feeling today? Well, I've been working in the kitchen for the week, so I'm a little banged up. Uh, but I am feeling well. I am, let's put it this way, when I came and we did this last time, I had just started with the diagnosis of having cancer, but I had not yet started treatments. Uh, it says, if I found out later, it's going to be a six-month treatment plan. Uh, it consisted of uh, chemo and also a Zytiga, which is a kind of a hormone pill okay. that blocks the testosterone from feeding the cancer, and also, along with that, a prednisone steroid to work alongside that Zytiga pill. Okay. Uh, I did six treatments of the chemo, finished that in mid-March, and uh, will continue to take the hormone pill and the steroid indefinitely, what, whatever right. that means. Uh, went back in April to get tested, and at that point they said they cannot see anything, that I'm cancer-free because I can't see anything. Sure. And uh, my PSA level is as low as you can get. Good. So we know the chemo was doing its job. We know uh, the rest of the treatment was working. Uh, to go back to what you said about some people say that you are healed and some people say that maybe not, I probably lean towards the maybe not as far as when I got the cancer, it was a direct result of the previous prostate cancer I had. Right. They couldn't see that some of it was out then. Right. So even though that the prostate cancer was completely obliterated in the prostate, there was stuff that was already out there but not detectable. To this point, maybe there's stuff out there now that's not detectable. Uh, we'll find out in late July if any of the numbers have risen. So does it keep you up at night thinking mm -hmm. that there's some that might be not detectable? No, not at all. Uh, I, I mentioned in our last set of uh, podcasts that we did that Immediately, I had a choice to make. Once I got the diagnosis, uh, am I going to fret about it or am I going to trust? For years, I've been a Christian. 
Uh, it's always been up in the head that God is there. Now when the rubber meets the road, is God there? Right. And at that point, I knew God was there. Yeah. There was never a fear. Do you think God prepared you for this in any way? I mean, when you look back, retrospectively, God knew you were going to go through this cancer. Did he prepare you for it? He obviously did, even if I didn't know it up front, because, again, I had no, it was almost like it was, okay, there's the diagnosis. Uh, where do we go from now? Yeah. With God being in charge of it. So I know in my mind right off the bat, and we talked about this in October uh, of last year, if God wants me healed, he snaps his finger and, I, and right. I'm healed. Right. That's his will. If he wants to take me tomorrow, that's his will. Absolutely. Whatever in my case with God for God's will leads to a furtherance of the kingdom, that's what yeah. I was I was willed. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I talk to a lot of young people. And one of the things I keep telling them is God knows the future. And since he knows the future, he's preparing you for it. You don't know the future. You don't know. You did not plan to have cancer. That wasn't no. in your plan. I know for Linda and I, we didn't plan to have cancer in our family. So in that sense, we didn't plan for it. But God in his wisdom knew that we were going to have it. And because he loves us, he prepares us for it. Now he prepares us. You might say, how does he prepare you? Well, you just walk with him. When you know God, you trust God. The circumstances of life do not cause you to run away from who God is. It doesn't cause you to curse God's name. It doesn't. If you know God, the byproduct of knowing God is trusting God. So if you're struggling trusting God today, it's because you don't know him. You think he's a, a, a God in the sky waiting for you to do something wrong that he can zap you with lightning or something, and that's not who he is. So, so each of our lives have to be to the point where we understand I need to, every day of my life, spend time enjoying God, spend time in his word, spend time, as I was telling the students this morning, spend time thinking. Spend time quietly thinking through what you're reading in the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Now, if you're not a believer, your trust isn't in Jesus Christ, it's not going to make sense to you anyway because you're not in the family. But those of you that have put your trust in Jesus, as you open God's word and you, you allow God's word to be a part of your life every day, you ask the Spirit to teach you, here's what I promise you. Since God knows your future, he's preparing you for it. And when you get there, you'll be ready for it, even though you don't know what it is today. And, and that's critically important to understand. Um, so I, I would go back to you and say, Mike, when the cancer came, you seemed like you were ready for it, even though it was a surprise. And even though you have your moments where, where you wonder what's going on and that kind of thing. So, so I'm wondering, and, and I think God does it so subtly that you can't always see it, what God did in your life before you ever got that news to make sure that you were prepared for that news. Well, all I can say is uh, it's just the daily walk, like you said, one step in front of another. Uh, I remember, and it's funny you mentioned the word sojourner. I let off my message to the summer staff yesterday using sojourner. Sure. Asked them what the definition was, and basically we told them that we are temporary residents, visitors, if you may, sure. on this earth. This is not our home. I go, here at camp, this is not my home. I'm here as a visitor. 
it's not your home either. You're going home after the summer right. as visitors as we march on to our eternal home. In the process of that, we need to be ready to witness to others of the faith we have and the hope that is out there for them. Uh, so just getting closer to God day by day, doing things like that, uh, reading your Bible, but not reading it to get intellectual knowledge. I've seen that in the past with people where that they want, they want to one-up somebody. They right. want to know more than others. Uh, that doesn't translate very well to personal application of what God has to say. Right. Uh, so just that constant wanting to, in fact, if you go to Matthew 7, 7 and 8, it says, seek and you will find. Mm -hmm. And knock and it will be answered. And if you do seek God out legitimately, earnestly, not just to learn more about the Greek right. or the Hebrew or anything like that, but to learn where God wants me day to day. How right. do I apply this particular scripture to my life today? Right. Uh, you mentioned earlier the freedom we have, and you mentioned this in the uh, staff chapel, the freedom we have in just letting go of the things we have no control of, basically, waking up and saying, okay, God, where I go now and what do you want me to do? Yeah. And you just walk, maybe we putz around a little bit, and you run into somebody and you have a word of encouragement, whatever it may be. I've had the opportunity twice already, at least this small portion of time I've been up here in the kitchen, to talk with some of the family staff, our family campers, and some of the staff in the kitchen sure. about such things. Yeah. And it's just incredible. You don't plan these things. Right. You know, you're ready for them, you're, but you don't plan them. No, because God knows the future, and if you're ready for it, in other words, he's the one that prepares you for the future. You might think you're preparing for the future, but he's the one that prepares you. I, I go back to the old story. I've had um, young people come to me and, and been all torn up over the idea that their mom and dad, you know, they'll come and they'll be bothered by something, and I'll ask them what's going on. And I'll say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that my mom and dad are going to die. And I ask them, are they sick? No. Oh. So you're thinking about them dying. They're not sick. There's no reason for you to believe that in the next 24 hours this is going to happen. Oh, no. I said, well, you know what? Here's what's interesting to me. If they were going to die in the next 24 hours, and if you are a child of God, and if you are walking with him, God knows that, and he's going to prepare you for it. But your concern now, I think, is possibly because they're not going to die, and you're not prepared for it. So you're going through this mentally not prepared. And you're thinking, oh, I'll never be able to go through that. Well, if it's not coming and you're not prepared, you won't be able to go through it. It's kind of like my, my father-in-law once wanted me to climb a mountain with him. And uh, I am not a mountain climber. There's no reason for me to do that. I'll, I'll look at the picture of somebody that climbed the mountain took and say, I'm fine with that. I, it, however, it was something we could do together. So, But before you climb a mountain, I suggest you prepare for it. You know, I mean... There's a few things you could do, like go find some big hills and keep going up and down them. You know what I mean? Just keep going up and down and up and down and up and down. Get your legs ready, your lungs ready, whatever it might be to, to be ready for that, that particular climb. If you do that, then when you climb the mountain, you're okay. Now, since I knew I was going to climb a mountain, I had to get myself ready for climbing the mountain. I just don't know that in the future. I have no idea when what news is going to come tomorrow. When my wife came and told me that the doctor said she had cancer, we were surprised. 
totally surprised. We are healthy people. We live a healthy lifestyle. We're Swedish. We're boring. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we get on. We, we love being boring. So it's, it's like one of those things like, how could we have cancer? We don't even do anything. You know, we, we don't do anything to cause cancer. But, but, but she had it, and, and we've been through that bout. Um, guys like yourself. You know, you, you all of a sudden you get the news. Do you remember the day you got the news that you had cancer? Two days before last October's menstrual treat. Okay, and what, what were your thoughts? I pulled over because I was heading to a job on the south side. Pulled over to take the call from my doctor. And when he mentioned, and he was, he was upset. He was upset because I think he thought it was his fault that he missed yeah. the stuff. And I had to reassure him, number right. one. That no, this is not your fault. Uh, but my thoughts at that point were, okay. This is what is going on. He mentioned it was stage four cancer. I, my first thought literally was, what happened to stages two and three? I mean, yeah. nobody told me I had, you know, right. two and three. That's probably why he was upset with himself. So, yeah. yeah, it could be. Uh, most likely was, and. Uh, that was it. But then after that point, I was like, okay, what do I do with this now? Right. Now, I had Donna on the phone as well and was cognizant of the fact that she was much more upset than I was. Sure. As you were when Linda was yeah. diagnosed. I mean, I was totally surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, it caught me by surprise. It got my wife by surprise, too. And then now, of course, she's – and I think we're built that way. Uh, another passage uh, in Joshua. Mm -hmm. Joshua 1 I mentioned to the kid yesterday. Uh, in God's commission to Joshua to take the, peop the, the people of the promised land, uh, he mentioned three times, be strong and courageous. Yeah. Three times he mentioned to it. He also mentioned, I'll never leave you and forsake you. Do not be frightened, for wherever you go, I will be with you. But three times he mentioned, be strong and courageous. I think he did that for a reason. I, I had two mentors way back in uh, Elmwood Park Bible Church when I was first uh, became a believer. And they said, whenever you see something repeated in Scripture, pay attention to it. It's important. Right. Well, this is repeated twice, so right. it's obviously important. And I think God knows we have a tendency to waver. We have a tendency to be weak. Uh, so he's telling us, be strong and courageous. Yeah. So... That translated to me in my understanding of what was going on that, okay, this is what I've got. I didn't, like you said, I didn't plan for it. I didn't ask for it. But God, one of the surprises to God. Right. He knows every hair on my head. He knows the length of my days, which you mentioned in the chapel today. Uh, so where do we go with this now? Right. So that's what I. So did you ever feel alone? Like, like, if God wasn't with you, did you ever, did you ever feel abandoned? No, and these are important. This is these are interesting things you uh, mentioned because I think all this preparation we're talking about being prepared. Things you're telling me now are the exact things I told these kids in the message yesterday. Yeah, see, and we we didn't talk, and I wasn't in no. that message. No, so in in the message was on, and I didn't know you were going to ask me to speak either. Right, I. Asked you guys if you needed help on that first family camp. You got back to me and said, yeah, we can we can use you. Fill out the application. And by the way, would you mind speaking on the 5th? Right. 
I already knew what I was going to talk about. It's been percolating for seven months. And so. God knew that you were going to have that yeah. opportunity. See, that's what I'm talking about. He prepared you for it already. Right. If you were listening. That's the thing. And, and I'll tell you, the listening part of it, most of it came after the diagnosis. Right. Because I had to literally, I had to stop working. Right. Once I took that first chemo treatment, uh, my legs were gone. I mean, I could. I, they were locked up after the last job I did. I knew I could go no further. Uh, so I put in my resignation, and now I've got time. Right. And what am I going to do with that time? Yep. Going to watch TV all day? Yep. No. You know. So I spent a lot of time in God's Word, a lot of time thinking, never fearing, but wanting to draw closer to God. I got to the point where I actually considered this cancer a blessing for me, yeah, because it freed me up to draw closer to God, number one, which there's no excuse, guys, if you're listening and you're still working and you're running around like a hamster in a cage and stuff, there's still no excuse for us not to be close to God. Right. You won't be prepared for the future if you're not. Right. That's on us if we're not. Right. And I can honestly say leading up to the diagnosis, yeah, I knew God. Yeah, I was pretty close to God, but I wasn't seeking him as I should. And the cancer, that adversity, became a blessing to me. Yeah. Because it freed me up to see things in a different way, and I continually do that now. And it freed me from being anxious, not necessarily about the cancer, but about other things, putting things under proper perspective. Uh, being responsible. Yeah. Doing my part. God's got everything in control, but I still walk day to day seeking his will. His will for us is to listen to him. Right. I love that message you gave. And maybe you could draw it out a little bit better about Moses in the Red Sea. It right. was a, I never thought of it the way that it was put, and I thought that was a very, very powerful. Yeah, you know, I, here, here's what, for, for Moses to go into the promised land, if you're a logistical person, this would take some real effort to do that. Now, I, I've shared this on so many different radio programs that if you've heard it already, sorry, uh, you just have to put up with it again because it's a miracle kind of thing. You know, for you and me, we have the word miracle in our vocabulary. God doesn't. So God can do whatever he wants to do. And, and it's not like, oh, this is hard. You know, I mean, that's not his world. That's our world. But in order for Moses, and we were thinking about what in the world would be going through Moses' head and all the guys that are in leadership, when God tells him to go to Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world, and take two to three million people out into the desert. I mean, what in the world is he thinking? And, and so I, I couldn't help but think logistically, because I'm the president of a ministry, so I'm thinking, okay, if you ask me to feed two to three million people in, in, a, in a camp setting, I'm already looking at you like, I can't do that. So God's saying, take them out in the desert and feed them. Well, let's just take a look at what that means. According to a quartermaster general in the army, it's reported that Moses would have had to feed, would have had to have 1,500 tons of food each day for this group. 1,500 tons. That's two freight trains a mile long each. That's huge. Daily. Yeah. Now I'm, th I'm thinking, all right, they didn't have trains. How, how are you getting the food out there in the first place? Besides that, if they, if they were going to build fires to cook the food, so they, first they had to bring a food, they would need 4,000 tons of wood 
every day. And, and we're in a desert. You, we're not talking 4,000 tons of cactus. Then, then, if you needed water, you needed 11 million gallons a day of water. That is a, a freight train with tank cars 1,800 miles long. That's daily. And again, we're not talking about trains even being available, much less anything else. And then, if you're going to cross the Red Sea, and you're going to do it in one night with two to three million people, if you were to get in a, in a narrow path, double file line, it would be 800 miles long. So that would take you 35 days and nights to get through. So the space had to be three miles wide so they could walk 5,000 abreast. That's huge. And then you need to camp on a place that's 750 square miles. So when someone like yourself or our family goes through cancer, looks at the, quote, impossible. Have we forgotten the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and Moses? Have we forgotten what God is capable of? There isn't a cancerous cell that can stand up to God. Therefore, if you have cancer, what happens is you are now in the spotlight for God to use to show who he is to people through this disease. It isn't that he's abandoned you. It isn't that God can't cure you. He can. But we've got to remember, God is in a timeless situation. There is a time for you and for me where this life is over. And, and God will make sure that we're cared for to that moment and carry us into the next life. And he's going to prepare a place for us. And you think about that. He's going to prepare a place. So if I look at you right now, I'm saying, Mike, do you know that God went, is going, right now he's, he's going to prepare a place for you for eternity? He wants you. And by the way, you got to leave this life to get there. I don't know how he's going to do it. You get hit by a train, cancer, you, you know, you, you die laughing at the Chicago Cubs trying to win a, a championship, you know, or whatever it might be. The, the bottom line really is somehow you've got to get into the future. And God is the one that won't abandon you and get you there. And all the other stuff, he, he can cure cancer. That isn't a big deal. And, and we need to understand that he can do that. Um, this idea of, of God preparing us for the future is something I want our guests to really think about. Because today you have a responsibility to be in God's word, to walk with him so that he can prepare you for the future. There is not one circumstance he can't control. And since there isn't a circumstance he can't control and he's worthy of your trust, you should be looking for what God's going to do through that instance to both draw you to himself and display himself to the people around you. Really, that's that's what it's all about. Uh if we're too busy worrying about things that are not of the Lord, we're missing out on that blessing, number one, but we're being anxious. Right. Uh, when we're looking, for me with the cancer, it's with the diagnosis moving forward, it was like it needs to be less of me and more of God yeah. in whatever form that is every day. Uh, some of that is even up at camp now as a volunteer you're eating last right you don't care if people are going for seconds and right. there's not enough god right. god will take care of that stuff like that whereas you're looking for the needs of others looking for ways to edify yeah. uh the message i did i mentioned to you a little bit earlier was that and i told i told this to caleb too in the kitchen it was like when dave asked me to speak i knew what i was going to speak on but from that point forward just about everything i read 
everything I heard was on the same subject. Right. And it's like, guess what? Everybody's going through stuff. Yeah. So when I spoke on the kids, I uh, my message was on adversity, what it is, what God's plan for it in our lives is, and how should we respond to it. Right. And I was looking around at the group before, and I go, these guys are pretty young. I mean, we got our RAs there, and we got some of the ones that are maybe are 23, 24, but for primarily. They're young. Yeah, there's, I, I was counting it up. It's like I'm three lifetimes older than them. <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's like, but you, that means. You're I'm, in the grandpa stage. Yeah, but that means I'm also, I've sojourned, I've, I've walked three, three lifetimes more than them, so I've actually seen stuff that maybe they haven't seen yet, so let's talk about that. So when we talked about adversity, after I talked about the sojourning thing, I mentioned that everybody's going through something. That there's not one of you here right now that's not going through something. We call that adversity. Could be large, could be small. And I mentioned a series of things, and I took my time on this, and the more I talked, the more I noticed they were kind of gearing into it. Yeah, you know what's important there, Mike? You just said something critical. You have gone through cancer. You have. And as you've gone through cancer, it's given you a platform now to talk to these young people. Yeah, that's the blessing. See, now, now that's now. I promise you, if you were to come up, same group of young people, and your life is akuna matata, you have had no issues. You're just, and you're going to tell them about how to go through adversity. But you can't really. I mean, the most adversity you're saying is, you know, there was a time where I couldn't afford to go through the McDonald's drive-through. You know, I mean, whatever it might be, it's like okay, no. When you started to speak, you started to talk about life experiences that you had, and God was already saying, I'm using those, Mike. I knew you were going to speak here at this group, to this group in this day. And it could have been, because of God's great love and compassion, it could have been that there was one person in that crowd that he wanted to reach. And because of your, I mean, I, I think God is that loving, where he puts you through this and he says, okay, in this, I want to reach this person, this person, that person, and that person. And you know, Mike, I'm going to use you and your adversity to do that. And and what a privilege it is then right. to have gone through it. I mentioned that yesterday. Uh, and that's true. If And in my mind, I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going to heaven. My eternal home is secure. Everything else is gravy at this point down here. If it's right. adversity or whatever it is. But in my mind, if I could reach just one person in my life, and God uses that to bring them to the kingdom, my life's been worth it. Yeah. So when I spoke to these people about adversity, these uh, young men and women, uh, I mentioned and I mentioned there are a number of things, and I started it off. The, the, the adversity I used, and I told them up front, this is not a... Yes, this is not a uh, all-inclusive list, and I know you want to add you know something what, here right now. So. What we're going to do is we're going to get to your list, and we're going to get to it in the next segment. So our listeners are going to have to uh, go on a break with us, and uh, if if you're listening to by podcast, you're going to need to get to the next podcast and listen to it. We're going to go through the list of things that Mike has learned and shared with some young people along this cancer journey. God doesn't waste experiences. Circumstances don't control him. He's the one that uh, totally loves you and has a plan for you. You need to know who he is. And I promise you that if you live 
in the in the realm of knowing who he is, no matter what you go through, you'll be okay. Because in the end, you're going to win. I'm Dave Wager. This is Younger Older from Silver Birch Ranch. Goodbye for now.